Welcome to the Talking Book Atlanta podcast. We are continuing our one year anniversary celebration and our in store interviews, this time with Walt Muscle. He's the author of Japanese historical fiction, The Samurai's Honor, The Samurai's Heart, and A Second Chance. Welcome, Walt Muscle. And they are historical Japan. Tell us a little bit about your books, Walt. Um, my books, my books are all set in late 16th century Japan. I refer to my work as like Shogun, but the heroine survives. Um, <laughs> there's no. Originally, the books were targeting the traditional Christian fiction market, but they are now historical fiction with Christian elements. What does that mean? It means that there's no come to Jesus at the end. There's no, um, and that allowed me to basically be truer to what was actually going on in Japan at the time. So I got my first book uh, published because I won a contest. Not that one, that's, that's I like my first book over there, sorry. Uh, the second one, third one. Um, I got my first book because I won a contest on Amazon. And so I got a contract and it was really nice. And then they, I've, my kids, I've had one kid go through college, another kid in college. So I've written a little bit, but kind of put things aside. Now, I'm, as my older, my younger son is now a junior, I'm sort of getting more back to the writing. I also do um, Japanese history videos on YouTube and TikTok, and I lecture on Japan's Christian century. I do that for city groups, um, libraries, churches. You call me up, it's a free lecture. I'm happy to do it. Japan has a unique Christian history. The missionaries showed up in 1549, um, and within 65 years, they went to over 300,000 Christians, making it the jewel of Far East missionary efforts. Then the government outlawed the religion and drove it underground under penalty of death in 35 years. So that's why it was um, it's called the century, because they all just basically went underground. And talking about your faith was punishable by death. So how did you get in, interested in writing? A, I mean, I know you broke, you won the, the award. Mm-hmm. You won the, con- the, the contest. Won the contest. Yes. But how did you decide to set it? Because uh, was it just such a, um, that's what was going on in Japan in the, in, in the 1600s was this big Christian movement. Is that what was? It's a little different than that. Um, my first book. I mean, you weren't really a missionary in your past I was life. not. A, no, I, was, I, taught, I taught English. Okay. I, I taught English for a year. I worked for a Japanese machine tool company. Okay. I worked for an, an American English language publisher. Um, and what, but what, drew, I mean, I tried a number of other things, a number of other books, nonfiction, mm-hmm. uh, some contemporary romance um, with suspense. I, I like suspense a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what actually drove this during the time when Japan basically did everything they could to get rid of Christianity? Mm-hmm. Um, at Himeji Castle, which is, if you think about Japan, there's always the one big white castle they always show in every picture. Um, it's, it's built to resemble a white heron in flight. It's in Himeji, Japan. It's the castle that gets, that gets used in um, You Only Live Twice. And in Shogun, basically, that's the castle. They also used the grounds for the last samurai. Um, 
it's the one castle everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, it's the one thing everybody thinks of as castle in Japan. That's what mm-hmm. they see. But for some reason, on castles, they have these tiles that they protect. They're for charms. They protect against fires, earthquakes, uh, you name it. Himeji Castle has a tile of a cross. This is a country that went through 200 plus years of destroying everything that they could find, even the remotely Christian related. And you'll see some of it if you see the um, the movie Silence, um, Liam Neeson, Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver. You see, that, you, you see how they did everything they could to drive Christianity out. But for some reason, a cross was allowed to be displayed at Imagic. I've been to Imagic Castle many times, but when I was there in 2008, I thought there's got to be a reason why it's here. Mm-hmm. And that was the impetus for the whole story of the Samurai's Heart. Um, okay. And in fact, that book is sold at the Imagic Castle gift shop. So, I, wow. I, so okay. they, uh, the city of Imagic runs the gift shop and they actually uh, purchase copies for sale at the, at the so, but yes. is the second book this, this one? This, this is a that's the prequel. I left I left the, the first book. Up. I can go get it. Um, oh, this is the prequel. This is the prequel. Okay. A friend of mine, a friend of mine in Japan, said you've got one little error in mm-hmm. the in the history in this in Samurai's heart, mm-hmm. and so I wrote the Samurai's Honor um, to fix the error. So my friend, he's um, yes, that one. Thank you, the green one. There it is. Thank you. I forgot to bring it over. Thank you. Lovely. Um, and the covers, I think, of these books are beautiful. Thank you. So, did you design the cover? No, no, you I have not. no talent okay. for this. No talent for designing covers, um, just write the book. Okay. My covers are. And this talent. is the one that's in Japan at the Emoji Castle? At Emoji Castle. Emoji Castle. Yes. Okay. Um, and a friend of mine from Japan, who I knew in grad school, said, like I said, that there was a, a, one little historical thing that needed to be resolved. And so he said, and so I said, okay. And that's why I wrote this one, Samurai Zama, to resolve that historical issue. Um, and I've got a second book in the works called the, another book following the, this one called The Samurai Soul that has, um, it's been written, um, it's been submitted to a publisher, still waiting to hear the answer on it. Um, okay. And at least the synopsis has been submitted to the publisher and waiting to hear the answer on it. In the meantime, I'm doing a rewrite because the publisher wanted, there were certain things that the publisher wanted. It said, I, I, would, I would only describe it as less death on the page. Less death. On the, <laughs> no, just, less like, death? Well, less I, bloody scene? Less, well, John, I, had, I, had one, I had one reviewer comment um, somewhere. They said, Suicide and death seems to be a preoccupation with the culture. I'm like, well, no kidding. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and I, but in in the Samurai's heart, there is. I mean, it's. I try to represent what was going on as best I can, and so there is fighting, there is swords, there are people being killed, and so basically, I had to come up with a reason um, why I kind of move it off the page but make it still part of the story. And and one of the ways you do that is, in the book I'm working on now, I have a samurai who is a Christian, and he will only kill if it is 
absolutely necessary. So there's even a scene early on the book where he's attacked and he's within all his rights to basically dispatch the guy who attacked him. And instead of killing him, he just knocks him out and lets him be arrested. And so because he just finds he will fight if he has to, but he has to deal with that fact. And that's what I've been, and that's what I've done. And it makes for stronger character because it gives him a bigger conflict. There was a huge conflict for the samurai in the way they in those who became Christians, the way they killed. Um, and again, it's like I said, it's not this typical Christian historical fiction, it's just the fact that when you look at Shogun, Shogun has a huge subplot about Christianity in that the heroine was a Christian. Well, they both they both were, but it was part of the plot. It was not like coming to faith at the end, which right. was required for a Christian novel. So that's why you know I say historical fiction with Christian elements. Sure, of course, right? Okay. So, right. Okay. And then, like I said, I do this um, where I do I do give three lectures on um, Japan's Christian century. Interesting. Okay, um, and that was in the 16th century. This is the most six, of it. Yes, century. starts 1549. You think of the century 1549 to yeah. 1650. Um, and when they came back in the 19th century, when the first missionaries came back to Japan, a French missionary was approached by three Japanese women, asking if they were the guy, if they were the people who knew Mary, Mary being the Virgin Mary. Okay. And. They discovered that there was roughly 60,000 Christians still up, keeping to their faith in Japan over 200 years later. Wow. Uh, in hiding. And when you have to think about these three women, the three women who approached that priest, they did it under under potentially of being executed sure. for their faith. So that's right. how much it meant to them. Right. And so it's, it's an amazing story about what went on. And I'll lecture on it. Um, my books aren't to proselytize. They're basically, I purely, I'm trying to basically present the historical fiction just with that was part of the culture at the time. Sure, of course. Right. And you're a former English teacher. I taught English for a year in Japan, which 90% okay. of the, the English speaking foreign residents in Japan teach English. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I taught that I did that for a year. The Japanese government has what's called the JET program. And so they hire people from many countries to come teach English and also now French, German, and a few other things in the schools. Uh, I did that for a year, worked for a Japanese machine tool company for two years. They wanted to open an office in the UEF in the US, so they were hiring Americans to train and then with hope of setting it back. But this was back in the 90s, and their idea to open a U.S. office never happened. So did that, then I worked for the publisher, and by that time, I had met, I had met my wife. We were engaged, um, and I needed to go back home and start, um, well, start basically start life back home, basically, wherever I was going to, wherever I was going to settle down, I guess. Um, so, and my wife was, my wife's Japanese. But she had spent, she had grown up a lot in the U.S. and Canada. Her dad was an executive with a large with a large Japanese company. So yeah, she was, okay. all, as she knows, she, as she likes to point out, when I 
I was when she had to go. She was going back to the U.S. because she was going to live in the U.S. anyway. Mm-hmm. And so she, I would say, um, I said, I have some, I was calling, I said, honey, honey, I, I love you, and I promise I will follow you soon. And she looks at me and says, remember, I don't need you for a green card. Yeah. So <laughs> she was kidding about it. Um, of course, yeah, of course. But she was trying to say, yeah, we're we're engaged. Let's get moving. Let's. Okay. Um, but that was. I've heard about friends who did the fact that she already had her. She already had a permanent residence. Permanent. She had permanent resident status already mm-hmm. before she met, which I'm, I'm guessing made things a lot easier for both of us. Mm-hmm. I, well, did you graduate from Auburn? I did. Okay. I, heard, I heard somebody utter some words earlier. Right. I, well, I graduated from Alabama. Not that we're. I mean, obviously, we're definitely rivals. Yes. I mean, the biggest rivals ever in football history. Correct. But. We won't go there. No. <laughs> but after, so you went to Japan after you graduated from Auburn. No, I went to Wake Forest for two years. I went okay. to grad school, and then I went to went to Japan after that. Okay, and then you. But are you retired? Retired now? No, um, I work. Okay. Um, I came back. I I still work full time. Okay. Uh, my employer. I've I've learned over the years that my employer doesn't like me mentioning their doesn't like me mentioning yeah. names <laughs> in my books. Okay. Um, and so, if you go to if you look at my bio, it'll say works for large multinational. Okay. And we leave it at that. Okay. Um, and it used to be IBM. I was with IBM for a number of years um, until IBM sold my department to another sold my department to another company. And so now I work there. I've been there for several years. Mm, okay. So it's, right. um, it's, no, I'm still working. I still, I, with a kid in college. Yeah, I'm definitely the day job still there. Okay. And where did your children decide to go to college? Mine stayed in state in Georgia. So they did not. I, I, mine decided to go out of state. My younger son, my older son wanted to study chemical engineering. And he, was not going to get into Georgia Tech. That's the only place you can do chemical engineering in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Mississippi State, um, finished in four years, and he now works for a pharmaceutical company. Uh, and then my younger son is at Auburn, um, and he's a junior in the business school. Nice. Okay. And looking for us, looking for his internship as nice. he really needs to he really needs to get that nailed down. Yeah, my daughter is um, a sports medicine major, and okay. she wants to be an athletic trainer. At where? Um, she's at the University of Georgia, so mm-hmm. she's been there for three years. So she's a junior now, um, and she is planning on going to Taiwan in okay. May, and she will be working with the sports athletic training department. They have some kind of like study abroad program in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. The University of Georgia does. Um, and she'll be with other students and a professor um, okay. for about maybe three or four weeks there. So sure, that'll be fun. Yeah, I, she's looking forward to it. Although I'm thinking that plane ride, <laughs> it's going to be like, I've been it's... on this plane for three days. Oh, let me go. I, you know what? We flew to um, Europe over the winter break um, and went to Vienna, Rome, and Naples. The plane ride was great. It wasn't that bad. But flying to like Australia or Japan or something or Taiwan, I just don't know. And when, I and I want to go to Hawaii really bad, but I haven't been there yet either. When I lived in Japan, the way you I, w- I would fly to um, Los Angeles or San Francisco or San Jose, mm-hmm. and then you would basically take a northern route. 
that went up the U.S. Uh, West Coast, out Alaska, out, out, out over the islands. And you'd be, it was set up so you'd only go over open water for about an hour. And then you catch the possibility of what was done to minimize, like I said, to minimize having an issue where you um, something bad happened. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if what planes are doing now, if there are other ways. I've heard some people go direct. Mm-hmm. I just remember that getting there took over getting there took over eleven hours, but coming back took eight and a half nine because of the uh, because of the jet streams. Mm. So yeah. Wow. Well, Walt, I am very interested in reading your books so Thank much. You. History with uh, Japan that is very interesting. Does anybody have any questions for Walt? Anybody questions? Questions? I don't think anybody has any questions, but I'm going to turn it over. Thank you, Walt. I'm going to have you officially on the podcast in the future. Okay. And I will get with you on being officially on later. I want to read the book first, though. Okay. Terry is here, Terry Plata, and I want you on this good. Yeah, we're gonna.